0: The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio.
1: Good morning. Yeah.
0: With John Leonetti. That Broadcast School has really paid off. Deacon Mark Campbell. Yeah! Mark Amadeo. Ooh, yeah. And Deacon Tony
2: Valdez. Good morning, welcome into the Catholic Morning Show. It's Deacon Mark Campbell sitting in one more day for John Leonetti. He will be making his way back from Indiana later today and should be with us tomorrow. Thanks for uh, persevering with me this week. And uh, again, a big thank you to Deacon Tony Valdez, who's been making me sound at least halfway decent, uh, you know, John's absence, you know, he's much more, um, has much more experience at this than I have, uh, you know, kind of baptism by fire, so to speak. But it's been a lot of fun. I enjoyed a lot. Uh, you know, I've... I've bumped into different people at different events throughout the last few weeks, and uh, many people have been very complimentary and and, and kind with your words, so uh, thank you for that. It's always a privilege to be with you, and we're grateful that you choose to spend your mornings with us here on the Catholic Morning Show. Today, coming up, we have a a book that we're going to be talking about in the first half hour. Dr. Daniel and Bethany Miola are the founders of Life-Giving Wounds, a Catholic nonprofit apostolate dedicated to the healing of adult children of divorce or separation. The Mi both uh, are graduates of the pontifical John Paul, the second Institute for studies on marriage and family. And they live in Maryland with their two daughters, but they've written a book that, uh, I, I think many of us would, would find beneficial. Um, you know there are a lot of resources available for divorced catholics and couples but finding a dedicated community and support group solely for adult children of uh, those who have experienced you know divorce and separation of their parents has been a challenge which is why they wrote the book and it's the um, reason behind their apostolate so looking forward to that conversation even though it's a, a difficult topic you know as we enter to this time of year where things are challenging uh, you know navigating family life and you know, visiting the, this set of parents and that set of parents and in-laws and outlaws and, you know, all the things that constitute our families, you know, can be quite challenging. And, and, and you know, the, the pain of divorce, um, you know, adds to that challenge oftentimes. So we look forward to that conversation on how we can uh, look at some healing and, and, and work our way through uh, addressing uh, the wounds that come from, from, from divorce and separation. The second half hour, friend of the show, Adam Storey. He is, uh, as many of you know, the, he's on the evangelization and mission team for the Diocese of Des Moines and also serves as marriage and family life office director. Uh, but he's also undertaken a, a, a new endeavor as he is studying canon law. And so we'll have a, a, an interesting conversation about what that he's been gone the last two summers uh, out, uh, out in D.C. Uh, studying canon law. And so we're going to talk about that and, you know, how it's going to set him up to serve our diocese in an even greater capacity. We'll have Mark Amadeo with a scoreboard update. We'll have a good new story and weather. But right now, let's go to Deacon Tony Valdez for our morning offering.
3: God, our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words, joys, and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus in the church, Pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen.
2: Amen. And let's uh, go now to a, a story I hope we can all feel good about this morning. If you tuned in yesterday, we had the, uh, I believe that was yesterday. We had the story of the, the Wendy's employee who, who rescued the man from, uh, who had collapsed. She had performed CPR and she's on her way to a, a, a medical degree. And, uh, Deacon Tony gave me a little bit of grief because he wanted to know if he at least bought uh, if the, the man that was saved at least, at least bought the young lady lunch. And I, I told him I was not uh, I was not Paul Harvey, did not have the, the rest of the story. But uh, anyhow, I've got I've got a story today, Deacon, that, that this
3: will be continued. <laughs>
2: yeah, yes. Well, two runners who had heart attacks at a half marathon in California back in 2022 finished the same race this year. Although the difference was they finished right next to the man who saved them. Gregory Gonzalez collapsed around three miles into the Monterey Bay Half Marathon last year, and Dr. Steve Lohm, a cardiologist who was also competing in the 13.1-mile course, happened to be running right behind him when he collapsed. Lohm performed CPR on Gonzalez, who was 67 at the time, and after paramedics arrived, Lohm continued the race. But as soon as the doctor crossed the finish line, another runner, Michael Heilman, also had a heart attack a few steps in front of him. Lohm again found himself performing CPR this time on on the 56-year-old Heilman. Only about 10% of people who suffer a cardiac arrest outside a hospital survive, according to the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute. Both runners recovered and credit Lohm with saving their lives. A year after the ordeal, Lohm, Heilman, and Gonzalez decided to run the same half marathon all together. So I don't know if they went out to lunch afterwards or what they did after, but... Uh, that's just a fascinating story that I can't imagine the emotions that uh, surrounded that. Because th- those who uh, can testify, I, I'm, I'm not, but those who have had heart issues uh, t- talk about an increased um, sense of emotion and, and uh, gratitude that comes with you know recovering from such a. It's ordeal. also
3: trying to tell us exercise isn't all that it's cracked up <laughs> to be.
2: I was afraid that was going to come in there, and I, yeah, I, I will. I will use that as my defense. I've got a perfect record going of several months without any uh, any trips to the gym. So, you know, they. I think they they're still taking our membership money, but uh, have not uh, have not made it there. But hey, there's. We've been talking about preparation and in, in the new year and New Year's resolutions, but maybe we'll put it back on there. Let's go now to Mark Amadeo with a scoreboard update. Today's scoreboard update is brought
1: to you by Confluence Brewing Company. A former home brewer's dream is now a hub where great things come together. Situated south of Grays Lake and easily accessible via the bike trail in Des Moines. Learn more at ConfluenceBrewing.com. In sports, on your Wednesday morning, last night, high school girls and boys basketball heard on most of these Iowa Catholic Radio Network stations. It was a top-ten matchup in Class 5A. Number one, Johnson remained undefeated as they defeated sixth-ranked Dowling Catholic by the score of 65-53 at the Johnson Gym. Dowling Catholic's record falls to 2-3. and The Maroons were led by junior Ava Zedeker with 18 points in the boys contest in class four it was number eight Johnson defeating unranked Dowling by the score of 44 to 40 Dowling's record falls to two and two Bruins were led by senior Joey Coppola with 14 points up next for Dowling they will host Waukee in a girl boy doubleheader this Friday night from the Dowling gym Tonight, men's college basketball at Missouri Valley Conference play non-conference games for Drake and Northern Iowa. The Drake Bulldogs will host St. Louis at seven o'clock at the Knapp Center in Des Moines. The Bulldogs come in with the record of seven and one. The St. Louis Billikens with the record of five and four. And Northern Iowa will host the Richmond Spiders at seven o'clock tonight at the McLeod Center in Cedar Falls. Northern Iowa's record is two and six, and Richmond comes in with the record of five and three. And Tonight, women's college basketball and interstate rivalry, Iowa and Iowa State. They'll tip off at 6 o'clock at Hilton Coliseum in Ames. The game will be televised nationally on ESPN2. Iowa State with a record of 4-3. and three, And the Iowa Hawkeye women ranked number 4 with a record of 8-1. and one. And with your Wednesday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo.
2: Thank you, Mark. And now for a look at our Iowa Catholic Radio Network forecast for today, sunny and breezy and a high of 51 overnight, mostly clear and a low around 34. Tomorrow, Thursday, it'll be sunny with a high of 60. Looking forward to uh, uh, those mild conditions. Currently around the Iowa Catholic Radio listening area, it's mostly clear here in Des Moines and Marshalltown and Creston. They're checking it at 24 and uh, 24 and 26 degrees, respectively. And our Iowa Catholic Radio Network community of the day is going to be Oskaloosa, and they're currently partly cloudy and looking at 29 degrees. Our forecast today is brought to you by Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory, a Catholic-owned and operated funeral home with locations in Urbandale, Adel, and Winterset. Learn more at caldwellparish.com. Well, it is the Feast of St. Nicholas, and we'll talk about uh, the great saint in the uh, second half hour. But uh, I put up a we put up a Facebook post yesterday and we're interested in hearing how you're going to be celebrating the this feast day. I know I saw on my social media feed a variety of great pictures of uh, kids with uh, what looks like kids shoes. Uh, there might have been a, a few adult sized shoes in there, but filled with looked like some uh, gold, uh, gold chocolate coins, if you will. And I want to give a thank you to Frank Hardy from over St. Francis. He uh, he responded to uh, our our our, our plea yesterday to share how, how we might you might be celebrating this great feast and he talked about the uh, saint nicholas tradition over at saint francis of assisi and the knights of columbus there and they have a uh, a sock drive as well as other things that get donated gently used shoes and what a great idea you know to kind of capitalize on um you know the the tradition of saint nicholas uh, giving socks and gently used or new shoes. He was able, able to deliver six boxes to uh, Catholic charities for, for the homeless shelters, as well as uh, five boxes of shoes to the cathedral for, to, be, to be donated and used by those in need. So a big shout out to um, St. Francis of Assisi for capitalizing on this feast and, and sharing the generosity with those in our community that are in need. Well, coming up, as mentioned, we're going to have a conversation with uh, Dr. Daniel and Bethany Miola, the authors of Life-Giving Wounds, a Catholic Guide to Healing for Adult Children of Divorce or Separation. You know, readers of this book will learn to recognize the many ruptures caused by divorce and, more crucially, to find a new life by grieving, praying, hoping, loving, forgiving, trusting, and committing to one's vocation. And I was preparing for today, I was talking back to the conversation we had with Deacon Randy Keel yesterday and how... Uh, you know, the church is, is such a great, uh, it, it's, it's a place we find healing. We find that healing through Jesus. Those who have endorsed this book include Father Larry Richards, uh, as well as Patrick Kelly, the Supreme Knight of the Knights of Columbus. So uh, a book that's well endorsed and I think will be a great conversation. So don't go anywhere, folks. It's the Catholic Morning Show. Deacon Mark Campbell, grateful that you have chosen to be with us this morning. Filling in for John Leonetti, we pray for his safe travels as he makes his way back from Indiana So we'll go to a quick break, and we'll be right back after this.
1: You're listening to The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio.
3: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Next Generation Realty, a Catholic and family-owned flat-fee brokerage serving Central Iowa since 1994. Next Generation Realty can handle every step of the process of buying or selling a home. Learn more at nextgenerationrealty.com.
1: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Integrative Psychology Services, a private practice of Catholic therapists offering individual and family therapy for adults and adolescents. Learn more at intpsychology.com.
2: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from the Catholic Tuition Organization. Reduce or eliminate your Iowa income tax and instead give to the Catholic Tuition Organization and receive 75% Iowa tax credits. These tax credits are going fast, so reserve yours today and learn more about the Catholic Tuition Organization at CtoIwa.org.
0: CtoIwa.org. The bottom line? It's for the kids and their futures. Catholic Tuition Organization, a great investment in our kids.
3: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Catholic Charities of the Diocese of Des Moines, where empowering individuals and strengthening families have been the cornerstone of care for a century. Services for neighbors in need include a food pantry, professional counseling, emergency family shelter, and refugee resettlement. At Catholic Charities, lives are transformed and you can be part of the mission. To learn more about how to help Catholic Charities fulfill Christ's promise of help and hope, visit CatholicCharitiesDM.org.
0: Support for programming comes from Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical, offering repairs, installations, and maintenance for the whole house, including heating and cooling systems and all things plumbing and electrical. Learn more at GoldenRulePHC.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Permar Security, a Catholic-owned family
2: business providing security solutions for homes and businesses since 1953. Permarsecurity.com,
1: The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: Welcome back to the Catholic Morning Show. In the second half hour, we will be speaking with friend of the show, Adam Story, from the Diocese of Des Moines, a marriage and family life office, as well as a member of the evangelization and mission team. And we're going to be talking canon law. And, uh, you know, if that that doesn't get you excited, it... uh, uh, just having a little bit of fun there. That's, it, 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 it is really exciting to be uh, be watching Adam go through this preparation of, of learning and discovery to uh, better serve our diocese uh, in this area. So we'll look forward to that conversation as well as a look at our saint of the day. Uh, but right now we're going to go to a book that was endorsed by um, the foreword was written by Dr. Edward and Beth Suri. Uh, the book is Life-Giving Wounds, A Catholic Guide to Healing for Adult Children. Of divorce or separation. And right now, let's go to uh, the author of the book, as well as the uh, founder of the Apostolate of Life Giving Wounds, Dr. Daniel Miola. Good morning.
4: Hey, good morning, Deacon. It's a pleasure to be here on the Feast of St. Nicholas. And yes. I know John can't be with us, but please give a shout out to John. I've been a longtime
2: follower and admirer of, of his work. Wow. I will, I will, uh, you know, I, I might hesitate how quickly I share that with him, because we struggle to keep him humble around here. But uh, no, I appreciate <laughs> you sharing those kinds of words, and I will pass those along. We are blessed to have him as a part of our apostolate here, but uh, we have you on today to talk about your apostolate. And I, and I, I, would, uh, I would like you to get, share a little bit with, with our listeners of how this apostolate got started and um, you know how, how it can benefit some of our listeners who have been impacted by divorce and separation.
4: Yeah. So, life-giving wounds is Catholic peer-led ministry uh, that is just to give voice to the pain of adult children of divorce or separation, and to bring them Christ's healing through retreats, support groups, online ministry and resources, etc. It got started. Um, well, first, it was it was a need of mine. I saw a pastoral need. Then a lot of dioceses there were groups for the divorcees, but not necessarily for the children trying to heal from them. And a lot of, I'm an adult child of divorce, and a lot of our problems often come up in young adulthood. And I really wish there was a pastoral ministry that I could turn to to help me through this uh, pain that kept coming up when I was dating or around the holidays, mm-hmm. when I would see my family again, etc. So it got started because I saw the deep pastoral need. Uh, but also somewhat of providence. It's the fruit, the book, and the ministry is the fruit of my doctoral studies at the John Paul II Institute for Marriage and Family in DC. Uh, my own personal journey, as I mentioned, but also importantly, uh, our pastoral experience of accompanying and helping to heal with Christ's love well over a thousand adult children of divorce as part of our
2: ministry. Beautiful. The, uh, so clarify for me and for our listeners, it's uh, healing for adult children of divorce or separation. Is it uh, those who have experienced divorce at any time, uh, you know, from childhood and maybe just addressing it in their adult uh, adult life or more, uh, more targeted towards, uh, you know, adults who are experiencing divorce and separation, you know, of their, uh, of their parents? Because I know, you know, again, going back to really to my own experience, you know, the grieving process is different at different stages.
4: That's right. Um, It's for anybody who's experienced the loss of the love of their parents together, whether that's due to divorce, separation, abandonment, cohabitation, dissolution, adult Mm children and divorce are the largest group. So it's whenever it happened, whether you were three or whether you were 28 or whether you're 45. Because uh, unfortunately, there's more and more uh, what's going on is called gray divorce, when parents uh, call it quits in their 60s and 70s. Unfortunately, so you have more adults. So it's it's for all these groups because exactly as you said, the grieving process um, happens at different stages and different times, and it's not
2: often to, you know we thaw out at different times. Certainly. And uh, I think sometimes the, the, the thought or the consideration is that, well, children are resilient and, and, and they'll learn to cope and adapt and, and do those things. So do you find you know, or have you found that as adults, you know, people are more readily able to identify with these wounds or do you see there's some denial that, that, that still exists, that, that these wounds are there?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's both and. Um, I think, so yeah, it's often not until young adulthood or adulthood that we can take a step back. We have enough independence. We have enough space from our parents and begin to look at the wounds and how it's affected our life. Uh, but yet yeah, there's also a lot of strong currents um, to to be silent about it, whether it's self-denial or, you know, the pressure from society that, you know, hey, this is normal and millions of children go through it there should be no problem here okay uh... to you know there's a lot of pressure as well to be silent because of you know just <laughs> needing to deal with the family chaos and just mm-hmm. continue to be in survival mode or you know maybe we grew up really too fast and never really attuned to our emotional life because we we're taking care of everybody uh... maybe there's traumatic elements and we know from other trauma studies that it's not until decades later that we can really uh, begin to enter into the pain. So more than self-denial, I like to say that there's a lot of uh, silence around the topic for different reasons, some emotional, some psychological, some pressure from the family um, and society that everything is okay when it's not okay.
2: What are some of the wounds specifically that uh, the the book uh, will address?
4: Yeah, so we identify seven different wounds, and then, importantly, seven different life-giving remedies. Uh, to our knowledge, this is the first systematic Catholic treatment of the wounds of adult children in divorce, but also, importantly, of the life-giving remedies in response to wounds. There's a lot of books about testimonies about children in divorce, but we really get into, practically, how do we heal. And the seven wounds that we've identified is one, that wound of silence that I just mentioned, this this inability to grieve. Or even address it for various reasons. There's a wound to the faith, there's a wound to identity, a wound of the damaged vision in marriage, a wound to our emotional life, and the wound of sin, they often go hand in hand, the wound of unforgiveness, and then kind of a catch-all we call the wound of uh, unhealthy family dynamics. Uh, So those are the seven wounds just very quickly, and um, we also give seven life-giving remedies. So I just want to say at the outset, I know we only have a few minutes here, that it goes deep and affects so many areas of life. Yeah. This is not an insignificant minor wound that kids can just bounce back from after a few
2: years. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, even in my own experience, it was when, uh, you know, gratefully my, my parents got me, my mother specifically got us into some counseling, you know, soon after mm-hmm. uh, their separation divorces. And, and I was, uh, about third grade age at the time. And, um, but you know, as I mentioned, there's there's different grieving at, at different stages of of life, and you know, I think there was some identification on my in my own life where when I saw that the the wound was from suffering the loss of that first image of God as our parents as, as co-creators and uh, that first image of love, you know, fractured. Mm-hmm. That that you know, it took that identification then to begin you know sort of sort going down the path of my own sense of healing. I love this idea of Mm -hmm. life-giving remedies, right? Because I think sometimes I'm going to go back to some advice my father gave me. And that was, you know, once we've identified a problem, it can be no longer an excuse in our life. And so we have to begin to address it. So when we see this wound, talk about, talk about this, some of these life-giving remedies that uh, you provide for, for the reader.
4: Yeah. And just thank you for sharing your beautiful testimony. And, um, it's absolutely true that even if you get counseling as a, children, as a child, it comes up at different stages, milestones, every holiday, by the way, because um, the dysfunction and separation of the parents remain. Mm-hmm. And so it continues to affect us throughout life. So absolutely agree with what you're saying here. Um, some of the life-giving remedies, I know we don't have a lot of time, but for instance, I can go just briefly mention them if you want to know yeah, more. Yeah, we've, we've, uh,
2: we've, got, we've got five minutes at least, so go ahead.
4: Oh, great. Um, So for instance, the first wound, the wound of silence, we talk about the necessity of grieving. Like you said, uh, we can't heal if we don't know what the problem is. And so we have to give ourselves permission to grieve, to be affected, to have wounds and to vulnerably name them and ask God to reveal them. So expose ourselves um, to Jesus and ask him, show me the truth of my wounds and then to legitimately grieve. There's an injustice here. There's a real loss. Even if the divorce was uh, necessary for personal safety in, in the right. you know, most extreme case right, of abuse, there's still a loss. Right. There's two losses then. There's the abuse plus the loss of your parents love together because we know what God wanted for every child was to experience his parents' love together in a, in a marital union that lasts for life. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the first one is, is grieving and entering into, into that. Blessed are those who mourn. For the wound to faith— is recovering faith. There's so many times in Scripture that faith and healing are connected. Actually, the word for, in Greek, salvation is sozo, which means healing and wholeness. It's, it's essential to salvation to recover faith. So we talk about what does it mean to recover faith uh, when you feel not only that you've been abandoned by your parents, but so often, in and divorce, talk about feeling abandoned by God, um, whether that's due to what seems like... Um, And I say seems like God's passivity, maybe not answering our prayers for our parents to stay together. Seems like he doesn't answer our prayers. How do we deal with this stuff? Um, He is, of course, answering them. So we have to recover faith. And that can only be done through personal prayer, but also a re-understanding of who God is. How does he answer our prayers? Um, A big turning point for me was dealing with this question of unanswered prayers, of discovering how Christ was answering my prayers. Uh, I had a good spiritual director who said, you know, Christ answer to all of our prayers for our parents to stay together or to fix their problems, to have a healthy marriage, et cetera. His first answer always to all of our prayers is to give his presence. Hmm. And that kind of rocked my world because, you know, so often our answer is looking for what we want. Um, and, and certainly God did not want our parents to stay together and have a loving union but um he always responds to our prayers with his presence and his love and i think that was a deep uh, conversion point for me that okay he was answering it in a different way than i expected um i could say more about that and the book gets into a lot of that struggle and drama
2: yeah yeah, no, I think for the, the uh,
4: wound of identity, I can keep going. Yeah, well,
2: okay. I, I do, I do want to, you know, touch on, on another point real quick because, as, as you mentioned, uh, you know, it is the holidays and these the, these wounds. I think even if you're working to address them or you have addressed them, they can uh, crop up this time of year when you know when you're trying to uh, sort out, you know, which. Uh, which family are you going to prioritize this holiday? You know, and it gets even more complicated right. when you have in-laws, and then if both if both uh, spouses or or you know the couple come from you know uh, fractured homes, and and I also want to highlight that sometimes divorce is necessary, but but the the reality of the wound is is what it is. Do you have any practical quick tips uh, for those who are kind of entering into the season of celebration, Christmas, with a sense of dread because uh, you know they're going to be visiting two different homes? in in, in um, the difficulty that 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 presents
4: yeah, I mean, I have a lot, and uh, you can check out our blog lifecanlose dot org slash blog, and we have like whole series of posts about how to navigate the holidays. Wonderful. Also, you know, please pick up our book. We have a lot of tips to help you with your various situations. But yeah, I just want to first acknowledge the pain. Yeah, you know, we feel like we're torn between multiple worlds, and I mean, I guess the first thing to remember, you know, our our culture puts a lot of emphasis on family around the holidays. And just to remember the religious meaning of the holidays—that mm-hmm. Christ, right? Christ transcends um, our family, as good as, or as bad as that experience is. Um, so, just to keep turning towards Christ when things get difficult, remember Christ is the reason He came. He became man. He incarnated as man um, to uh, to alleviate the suffering that you're experiencing. That, that's the meaning of Christmas. Christmas is not just. Um, to give. It's not just this, you know, innocuous giving or innocuous, oh, your family is what matters. Well, no, first and foremost, it's it's Christ who redeemed us to save us from sin and suffering. So just to lean into the deep religious experience um, and meaning of Christmas. Um, and then second, I mean, definitely in a healthy way, you know, God says, love your neighbor as yourself, right? There's that of yourself, like, you know, self-sacrifice, love, your family, but, but also there's a good self-love that needs to happen. So taking time to be, um, to contemplate with Jesus, to have moments of joy, that, you know, friends that you can text, you know, when things are difficult right. to lean on, you know, to to turn towards um, the community God has given us that is life-giving. Um, there's Again, a lot more tips that I could give, but yeah. my top two would be to seek out uh, community, that is life-giving when it is difficult, even if that's just a text message or a phone call to a friend. And then second, to lean into Jesus, um, because he is the reason for Christmas, even that's beyond right. our family. And I think that's an important lesson to remember.
2: He's Dr. Daniel uh, Miola. Bethany, is your wife? I, I'm going to make that assumption. Yes, that yeah. That my way. Uh, co-op. Thank, thank you yeah. both for doing this work and putting this book together. Uh, it's Life Giving Wounds: A Catholic Guide to Healing for Adult Children of Divorce or Separation. And he said the blog is LifeWounds.org. Is that right? Uh, LifeGivingWounds.org Life-giving-wounds. blog. Okay. Yeah. Life-giving-wounds. Very good. And, uh, well, we'll post this if, up uh, I, on our. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we've got time. Can I
4: just make one other plug? Since this is Iowa Catholic Radio. Yes. We are coming to Iowa. We're going to be leading a retreat. In Sioux City, we are partnering with the Diocese of Sioux City. So if you're struggling with these pain and this problem around the holidays, uh, please come to our Life-Giving Wounds retreat in the Diocese of Sioux City.
2: Do you know the date right off the top of your head?
4: Yeah, uh, it's it's March 15th to 17th. Okay, make uh, sure we get that information.
2: We will... uh, we, we will promo that here on, on Iowa Catholic Radio because it—I uh, think it would be worth many people to invest in the short drive from here to, to Sioux City or the, you know wherever that uh, retreat is being held because uh, I know there's people that uh, that need the healing and it sounds like you guys have a great uh, great list of remedies that, that w- will be applicable to to anyone in any stage of of their uh, healing process or even just identifying the wound. Thanks again so much. Uh, have a blessed Advent, uh, Merry Christmas, and we will most definitely talk to you again in the future thank you deacon you bet god bless Bye. coming up after this folks we will have a conversation with uh adam story um i will put uh, information on this book as well as the uh, recap their blog and the when we get the information for that retreat up in the sioux city diocese we will also uh, provide that information let's go right now to our gospel reflection of
0: the day the lord be with you A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, went up on the mountain, and sat down there. Great crowds came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the deformed, the mute, and many others. They placed them at his feet, and he cured them. The crowds were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the deformed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind able to see. And they glorified the God of Israel." Jesus summoned his disciples and said, My heart is moved with pity for the crowd, for they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, for fear they may collapse on the way. The disciples said to him, Where could we ever get enough bread in this deserted place to satisfy such a crowd? Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied, and a few fish. He ordered the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, gave thanks, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples, who in turn gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied. They picked up the fragments left over, seven baskets full. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hi, this is Father Nick Smith, parochial vicar of Christ the King Parish in Des Moines. Today, the crowds place at the feet of Jesus all of the sick and the deformed, the blind. They place at Jesus' feet the seven loaves, the disciples do anyway. Do we place our needs at the feet of Jesus? Or do we carry them ourselves, worrying about them, letting them choke us off in our spiritual lives, letting the anxieties and the daily concerns of life choke off any spiritual growth? We're called to place everything at the feet of Jesus, just as the crowds did, just as the disciples did in today's gospel. May God bless you and let us continue praying for each other.
5: Would you like to get more involved as a volunteer? InterVisions Healthcare empowers at-risk women facing an unplanned pregnancy to make life-affirming decisions. But our nursing staff can't do it alone. Our unplanned pregnancy clinic seeks dedicated advocates, receptionists, and nursing volunteers to meet the needs of hundreds of at-risk patients we see each year. If you are a people person who wants to help moms with unplanned pregnancies, contact us today at 515-440-2273 or visit ivhcare.org. Support for programming is provided by Construction Professionals,
2: serving customers through a proven process, creating unique design, functionality, and artistic beauty.
0: Construction Professionals is a Catholic family business built on a strong foundation. cpcustomhomes.com Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by boson the Florist. Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, weddings, whatever the message, say more with Bosin Bosin.com 515-244-ROSE Bosin makes the moment mean more. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic
2: Radio. Welcome back to the Catholic Morning Show. Grateful that you're tuned in this morning. I'm Deacon Mark Campbell filling in for John Leonetti, and he will be back with us tomorrow to close out uh, the rest of this week. But I'm grateful to be sitting in for him and having you join me this morning as we just finished a, a conversation uh, on life-giving wounds with Dr. Daniel Mio, A uh, uh, author of a book that addresses the the wounds of, of separation and divorce and how to heal from that, uh, from from an adult child's perspective. And it uh, was, was a powerful conversation. Like I say, we'll throw up some more information uh, on that. Uh, coming up here in the second half hour, we're going to have a conversation with Adam Story. We're going to look at our community network, of uh, Iowa Catholic Radio Network Community of the Day, which was Oskaloosa. Mm-hmm. We'll look at our Saint of the Day, of course, the Feast of St. Nicholas, Right now, let's go to Deacon Tony Valdez for our prayer.
3: Today, we pray for all those who are celebrating a birthday or maybe celebrating a wedding anniversary. Let us pray. God of all creation, we offer you grateful praise for the lives of those who recall today the special occasion of rejoicing in your gifts of life and love, family and friends. We humbly ask you to hear their prayers and grant them their heart's desires in accordance with your holy will. Continue to bless them with your presence and surround them with your love, that they may enjoy happy years, all of them pleasing to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Deacon. And let's now look at our Iowa Catholic Radio Network community of the day. Well, I saw my good friend uh, Paul Falk from uh, KFMH this past weekend down there in Oskaloosa at 95.7 FM. You know, they've been on the air since 2015, and they've, uh, we've, we've partnered with them this last year. And we're grateful to be broadcasting uh, on two frequencies now down in the Oskaloosa area. So uh, our 105.3 FM reaches over there. But uh, don't forget about the local station right there in town, folks, 95.7 uh, the way I look at it, the way we look at it here at Iowa Catholic Radio, the more Catholic radio people uh, bump into as they're scrolling on the dial, the better. Uh, Oskaloosa is a city in the county of Mahaska, and in the late 19th and early 20th century, Oskaloosa was the National Center for b- Bituminous Coal Mining, and the population at the last 2020 census was 11,558 people. It's located in the Diocese of Davenport, and St. Mary's Catholic Church is there. Uh, Father Joseph Fung is the uh, pastor, and he's been there since, I think, earlier this summer. He's assisted by Deacon Lowell Van Wick uh, coming up here uh, at at the parish. They have Advent by Candlelight tonight at 6 p.m., and a reminder that their Vigil Mass for the Feast Day of the Immaculate Conception is tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. You know, the city of Oskaloosa is cementing itself as a place to see Christmas lights, For a few years now, Oskaloosa has turned its town square into a Christmas light spectacle. And this year, more than 250,000 LED lights will illuminate the fronts of buildings on the square during the holidays, including the Mahaska County Courthouse. It will be synchronized with music. And I'm looking forward to driving down there, hopefully, and and catching a look at this. There's an opportunity for me to head down that direction a little later this month. Um, But uh, that sounds like something very neat to see And if you have the opportunity to to do so, I encourage you to get out there. Also, uh, if you're from Oskaloosa or a parishioner at St. Mary's, we'd love to hear from you here at Iowa Catholic Radio. Again, we thank you so much for the partnership with KFMH and and all the support that uh, that community provides to Catholic Radio. Let's go now to our scoreboard update with Mark Amadeo.
1: Today's scoreboard update is brought to you by Confluence Brewing Company. A former home brewer's dream is now a hub where great things come together. Situated south of Grays Lake and easily accessible via the bike trail in Des Moines. Learn more at ConfluenceBrewing.com. In sports on your Wednesday morning, last night, high school girls and boys basketball heard on most of these Iowa Catholic radio network stations. It was a top ten matchup in Class 5A. Number one, Johnson remained undefeated as they defeated sixth-ranked Dowling Catholic by the score of 65-53 at the Johnson Gym. Dowling Catholic's record falls to two and three. The Maroons were led by junior Ava Zedeker with 18 points in the boys contest in class four a it was number eight Johnston defeating unranked dowling by the score of 44 to 40 dowling's record falls to two and two maroons were led by senior joey coppola with 14 points up next for dowling they will host walkie in a girl boy doubleheader this friday night from the dowling gym Tonight, men's college basketball at Missouri Valley Conference play, non-conference games for Drake and Northern Iowa. The Drake Bulldogs will host St. Louis at seven o'clock at the Knapp Center in Des Moines. The Bulldogs come in with the record of seven and one. The St. Louis Billikens with the record of five and four, and Northern Iowa will host the Richmond Spiders at seven o'clock tonight at the McLeod Center in Cedar Falls. Northern Iowa's record is two and six, and Richmond comes in with the record of five and three. And Tonight, women's college basketball and interstate rivalry, Iowa and Iowa State. They'll tip off at 6 o'clock at Hilton Coliseum in Ames. The game will be televised nationally on ESPN2. Iowa State with a record of 4-3. and three, And the Iowa Hawkeye women ranked number 4 with a record of 8-1. and one. And with your Wednesday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo.
2: Thank you, Mark. And now here's a look at your Iowa Catholic Radio Network forecast for today. Sunny and breezy in a high of 51. Overnight, mostly clear at a low of 34 degrees. Tomorrow, Thursday, sunny in a high of 60. Currently around the Iowa Catholic Radio listening area. Uh, Ames, partly cloudy in 23 degrees. Adel, also partly cloudy and 26 degrees. Mostly sunny down in Indianola, 26 degrees there. And our Iowa Catholic Radio Network Community of the Day, Oskaloosa, partly cloudy and 25 degrees. Today's forecast brought to you by Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory, a Catholic-owned and operated funeral home with locations in Urbandale, Adel, and Winterset. Learn more at caldwellparish.com. And a reminder to send us your birthdays and anniversaries. As Deacon Tony prayed for there, we want to celebrate with you, and celebrate with a prayer and a blessing uh, you can uh, you can text us those dates. You can email us those dates. You can call and let us know. Five one five two two three eleven fifty is the phone number or text line. And then uh, you can email those to me the, those dates and names, Deacon Mark at Radio dot com. Let's go now to our Saint of the Day. This is your Saint of the Day on Iowa Catholic Radio. On December sixth, the faithful commemorate a bishop of the early church who was known for generosity and love of children born in lycia in asia minor around the late third or fourth century saint nicholas of myra is more than just the inspiration for the modern day santa claus as a young man he is said to have made a pilgrimage to palestine and egypt in order to study in the school of the desert fathers on returning some years later he was almost immediately ordained bishop of myra one of the most famous stories of the generosity of saint nicholas uh, says that he threw bags of gold through an open window in the house of a poor man to serve as the dowry for his daughters, who otherwise would have been forced into a life of slavery. The gold is said to have landed in the family's shoes which were drying near the fire. This is why children today leave their shoes out by the door or hang their stockings by the fireplace in hopes of receiving a gift on the eve of his feast. St. Nicholas is associated with Christmas because of the tradition that he had, the custom of giving secret gifts to children. It is also conjectured that the saint... Who was known to wear red robes and have a long white beard, was culturally converted into the large man with a reindeer-drawn sled full of toys, because in German, his name is San Nicolas, which almost sounds like Santa Claus. In the East, he is known as St. Nicholas of Myra for the town in which he was a bishop, but in the West, he is called St. Nicholas of Bari, because during the Muslim conquest of Turkey in 1087, his relics were taken to Bari by the Italians. St. Nicholas is the patron of children and of sailors. His intercession is sought by the shipwrecked, by those in difficult economic circumstances, and for those affected by fires. He, dis- he died on December 6th in 346. You know, the critical eye of modern history makes us uh, take a deeper look at the legends surrounding St. Nicholas, but ha- perhaps we can utilize the lesson taught by his legendary charity. Look deeper at our approach to material goods in the Christmas season, and seek ways to extend our sharing to those in real need. So today we pray for St. Nicholas. Pray for us. And a, a sneak preview tomorrow is uh, the Feast of St. Ambrose. And I hold that to mind because we have St. Ambrose Cathedral here in Des Moines, so it's a, a feast day for, for that parish. And so uh, maybe consider a, a, noon, a, a noon Mass tomorrow at St. Ambrose to, to mark that, that occasion. Well, coming up, we're going to have a conversation with a good friend of the station and somebody I get the privilege of calling a friend, Adam Story. He serves our diocese currently on the evangelization and mission team, as well as the director of the marriage and family life office. Uh, He's obviously a husband and father and uh, just an all around great guy, but he's studying canon law and he's going to be serving our diocese in that capacity once he completes his studies. So we are going to look forward to that conversation coming up here. Don't go anywhere, folks. I'm Deacon Mark Campbell in for John Leonetti. It's the Catholic Morning Show here on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. You're listening to the Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio.
5: Here's your news from the Diocese of Des Moines this Wednesday, December 6th. I'm Ann marie Cox. Have you ever had an evening meal that goes something like this? Billy, tell us how things were at school today. They were fine. Sally, tell us how your classes were. They were fine. The diocese has prepared some Advent faith conversation kickstarters for families. Go to dmdiocese.org living-advent and check out the questions that could spark some good family conversations at the dinner table. That's dmdiocese.org living-advent. If you know a young man, a high school senior or older who's thinking about priesthood, why don't you suggest he consider going to the Bishop's Discernment Retreat? This is a unique opportunity. It's the weekend of December fifteenth when they can visit with Bishop Johnson, Father Ross Parker, and some of our seminarians. Learn more about what life is like as a diocesan priest. For more information, contact Father Parker at vocations at dmdiocese.org or give him a call at 517. 516- One five two three seven fifty. 50. That's 237 5050. That's your news from the Diocese of Des Moines. I'm Anne Marie Cox.
0: Throughout history, our Lord has shown us that He is truly present in the Blessed Sacrament. Experience these wonders for yourself as Iowa Catholic Radio presents the Vatican International Exhibition, Eucharistic Miracles of the World at Our Lady's Immaculate Heart Catholic Church in Ankeny, now through December 15th. Learn more about how you can bring this beautiful panel display to your parish, school, or faith-based organization by calling 515-223-1150 or visit iowacatholicradio.com support for iowa catholic radio comes from independent realtor chris foster chris has served clients with everything real estate throughout iowa since 2019 641-891-8178 or online at the number four sale ia.com
1: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Integrative Psychology Services, a private practice of Catholic therapists offering individual and family therapy for adults and adolescents. Learn more at intpsychology.com. The Catholic Morning Show
2: on Iowa Catholic Radio. Deacon Tony was uh, sharing with me during the break that there was a, a, a special, a special edition of a, a classic Christmas song in their house. Is it Santa Closet comes, Closet comes to town? Is that right?
3: <laughs> Can't you hear it? Santa Closet's coming to town.
2: And it was inspired by uh, you said the, your daughter. Is that it? Yeah, right. yeah. That's yeah awesome.
3: Very, very young age, but uh, it was Santa Closet.
2: All right. Well, that's uh, you probably didn't probably never be able to hear it the same, huh? Well, thankfully, uh, you've just chosen to join us, and so we've had a good show today, I think, and, and we're grateful to have our next guest come uh, come on the on the air with us. Good morning, Adam. Hey,
6: good morning, Deacon.
2: Well, it's uh, I'm grateful you responded to uh, my invitation to come on, and, and I'm actually kind of interested in this topic because you know since you've started on this journey for the diocese, uh, you know I don't think you and I have really had a, a chance to get together. Uh, at least, not in, in just a casual setting, to be able to talk about well, your experience of studying canon law for the diocese. So, why don't you share with our listeners first of all what uh, I mean? How did this come about? The, the this opportunity yeah. to, to study.
6: Yeah. Well, and as, uh, as some people know, so I work in marriage and family ministry with the diocese. But uh, a few years ago, there was a conversation at the pastoral center about you know kind of a, a need to grow our canonical. Acumen, grow kind of some uh, ability to address canonical issues, and uh, through kind of mutual discernment with Bishop Jones, and it was decided uh, that that I would go study canon law. So the the program it's called you receive it's called the licentiate, which is uh, you know similar to kind of a master's degree level education. Mm-hmm. And uh what m- me and my family, my whole family and myself uh for four summers, we go for two months and we live in washington d c where I study full time at the Catholic University of america and then there's some online classes in between those four semesters or four summers and uh and you end up it's called a JCL is is something that you'll see in kind of the need in our diocese, because we have priests who are trained with JCLs Mm -hmm. uh, and who work in canon law, but, you know, they also have full-time parish assignments, and they're also pulled in a lot of different directions. And so kind of the idea in sending me was to have somebody at the pastoral center on a day-to-day basis who has that background and can kind of recognize the different issues that might come up and help address those issues and and all those sorts of things. So, yeah, I'm about uh, two summers down, two summers to go, uh, and uh, it's been a great joy to do it.
2: So you're at the halftime break. Uh, you know, any any regrets at this point? Or are you just looking to charge out in the second half and, and get this <laughs> finished? Uh,
6: well, you know, I will say kind of like in halftime, we went into the locker room and we've taken it uh, on the chin a few times yeah. that – my wife and I have said, "Oh, you know, is this what were we doing? Uh, the best idea, yeah." yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah,
2: I liken it a little bit to, to deacon Formation for my wife and I because we we entered into that with young children, and so they traveled with us, uh, you know, down to Conception, Missouri. Uh, and yeah. I, as you were sharing that, I was just thinking, what a what a unique I mean, it was a unique experience for our children, and what a unique experience you're giving your children to kind of uh, take a two month vacation in Washington D.C. for uh, four summers of their life, but.
6: Yeah, and you know, it's true my wife is the one who's really doing the heroic thing in this process.
2: Because, they always are. It's it. A-
6: yeah, we get out there and uh I get to sit in the library and read interesting books <laughs> and she uh is navigating Washington DC with five children. Uh it, you know, yeah. she's working hard. But so there's there's certainly been challenges and difficult moments, but um I think Every myself, my whole family, we're we are really grateful, and this has it has been a it has been a good fit, and it's been a really neat experience, and and I do like the work. So and and
2: I yeah, and I, I wasn't I didn't I wasn't trying to set you up there for uh you, you know to, to to share negatives, but I did want to highlight <laughs> that that you your your family's making a sacrifice, but you're also responding to a call. You know, an invitation from for yeah. our bishop and, and something that I think you're well suited for, because I know in my working with you at the diocese, uh, two things I want to highlight there is that, yes, there's there's been times I've had to call with can, uh, canonical questions and getting a, a return call from one of those priests hasn't been uh, as timely as I would like it. You know, just sure. because it, sometimes, it's, you know, we have somebody that's looking for an immediate answer and. When you have to, uh, you know, sometimes wait. So this is going to be great—a uh, great benefit to the diocese to have you. So will you be officially a canon lawyer when you're when you're done?
6: Yeah. So to to get the JCL, uh, you know, those are a canon lawyer or another phrase you hear is a canonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's that's the kind of the licentient, the license, licensing to kind Got of it. do that work, and and there's different. Roles in, in the life of a diocese, different offices uh, that are reserved to people who have canon law degrees, uh, because you just need that training to do those particular things. So yeah.
2: Now now we're going to get into the hard stuff because you know if if uh, you know the lo- the the law we've been given is to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, and all our mind, and our neighbors, and ourself. You know, why do we need canon law? Doesn't, doesn't this just justify the, uh, you know, the critique that the Church is just a bunch of rules and, and regulations?
6: Yeah, you know, uh, that's, a, that's a good question. And I do think, uh, you know, there can be this kind of a, a feeling of almost like a cognitive dissonance between, uh, you know, wait, the gospel simplicity, and yet this really robust and this really thorough legal system, and why do we have that? Uh, And you know, one of the things—I mean—the church canon law is really an expression of ecclesiology. And in fact, when we got the 1983 Code of Canon Law, which is our current law, it, it was explicitly put forward to to adapt or to receive the ecclesiology of the Second Vatican Council and to kind of put that into the legal norms of the church, kind of the way that the church lives her own life. And and I just think any, any visible, any concrete community, it has to have kind of those guardrails. It has to have those expectations. It has to have those norms, which really makes space for people to flourish. It, it makes space for people to live the life that they're called to live. Um, one of the examples I use is I see, I see this in, in fatherhood itself, in just being a dad. You know, I have five young kids. And so in our home, we have lots of different rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when those rules are fair, when they're just, when they're applied consistently, consistently right. it kind of creates a space for my kids to really flourish, for them to really kind of fully live and, and for our community as a family to thrive. But in my home, if, if my rules are arbitrary or if they're unfair or if they're unequally applied, if I discipline one kid but not the other – uh, or I discipline sometimes, but not other times. The children will kind of atrophy. You know, yeah. they won't be able to, they won't be able to thrive. They won't be able to live in that community and in their own identity.
2: And people uh, forget to that it's uh, that it's scriptural, right? I mean, we're we're told when there's a when there's a dispute that can't be settled to take it to the church. And so if uh, yeah. if we if we don't have uh, some of these you know uh, problematic situations. That clearly defined on what is uh, what is just, as you said, and, and what is consistent and fair, then uh, then yeah, it, it just descends into chaos. Uh, so it's, it's yeah,
6: absolutely, and I think you know I think in the we can see that in our families when you know it doesn't when we don't thrive, and we can see that in the life of the church too at times where uh, you know the church hasn't applied her law or hasn't applied her law consistently, uh, and it does injure. Uh, it injures the communion of the church. St. John Paul II, when he promulgated the 83 code, he said, you know, the code of canon law, it doesn't replace the life of grace. It doesn't replace the Holy Spirit. What it's meant to do is make space for the Holy Spirit to really work in the life of the church. So awesome. it's, it's uh, a condition that opens up the possibility of that thriving in the life of grace.
2: Well, uh, thank you so much for taking this on and, and uh, you know, making the sacrifices necessary. I know it's it's an interest of, use of yours, and so it maybe feels a little bit more natural, but uh, it also creates some chaos in, in, in the life of the family. So uh, kudos to you and your lovely wife for embracing this for our, our diocese, and we'll continue to follow along the journey. We look forward to uh, uh, seeing how this, this this continues on and, and celebrating uh, should you reach the end and, and receive the, the recognition, we'll, we'll be there for you. To, to...
6: Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me this morning. You bet. And, yeah. Have, a, have you. a blessed
2: Advent. We'll talk to you again soon.
6: Thanks, Deacon Mark. Talk to you later. Yep.
2: Deacon Tony, why don't you uh, close our show with uh, prayer, please?
3: Prepare our hearts, we pray, O Lord, by your divine power, so that at the coming of Christ, your son, we may be found worthy of the banquet of eternal life and merit to receive heavenly nourishment from his hands and may the blessing of the father and the son and the holy spirit come down upon all of us protect us all from evil and bring us all to his everlasting life amen
2: amen thank you to adam story dr daniel miola for being on the show today thank you to deacon tony valdez i'm deacon mark campbell john leonetti should be back in studio with you tomorrow folks may your day be blessed be confident in christ's mercy and his love
1: The Catholic Morning Show is a production of the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. To hear this and other programs, visit iowacatholicradio.com or download the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Here in this worn and weary land where many a dream has died Like a tree planted by the water